today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Sometimes the things that God asks us to leave behind are good for us to leave behind. It's always good. But sometimes it's really obvious. Like sometimes there are generational sins. You know, maybe there was um, alcoholism in a family. Maybe there was abuse in a family. Maybe there was just things that were passed down from one generation to another and another. And Jesus says, Okay, follow me. And so you leave all those things behind. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see. You're changing our lives so we can be our heads and feet. When Jesus called Peter to be his disciple, Christ simply said, follow me. Peter left everything he knew to obey, including his job and family. In today's message, Pastor Ed teaches us that when we come to Jesus, He gently demands the first priority in our lives. We are to leave the old things of the past behind, including those sins that may hinder us from the things of Jesus. Sometimes, we'll even be asked to forsake the good opinion of friends and family for the Lord. Jesus is faithful and worth the cost. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. Answering God's calling is always difficult. But it's always the best thing you could ever do. It's difficult because suddenly you have to trust not in yourself, but in God. And when you trust in God, there are so many unknowns. Because He wants us to walk not by sight, but by faith. And here Peter is, he knows Jesus, because we're told in the Gospel of Matthew, we're told in the Gospel of Luke, we're told especially in the Gospel of John, that Andrew introduced Peter for the very first time, and Andrew had been a disciple of John the Baptist, who was a fiery preacher in the wilderness, preparing the way of the Messiah, and Andrew said to his brother Peter, come, See the one. He's the Messiah. He's the one we're expecting. And when Peter and Jesus met, Jesus gave him a prophetic word and said, I'm going to change your life, Peter. I'm going to transform your life. And there was a relationship that existed. And he followed him, but not necessarily full time. And then later Jesus came to him One day while he was fishing in his business, and he said, with an authority, follow me. And they drop their nets. They leave their fishing business. And then they follow Christ. And his life is dramatically changed. Now, Peter was a talented, a gifted man, but he had not gone to any of the rabbinical schools or training it would take to become a religious leader. But Jesus saw in him qualities that he could use and refine so that Peter would be the leader of that apostolic band. Every time you read the Gospels, 
and you see the list of the twelve? Now the list changes sometimes the order of names, but it never changes the first name and the last name. First name is always Peter, and the last name is always Judas, who betrayed the Lord. Peter, you see him on almost every page of the Gospels. Next to Jesus, his name is mentioned more than anyone else. Jesus first, and then Peter. One writer said 96 times in the Gospels, he's mentioned. Well, Peter comes, and Jesus simply is asking him to follow him. When God asks you to follow him, he's not asking about your abilities or your inabilities He's asking about your availability. He said, follow me. Look at the call to follow him. That's the first thing that captures our attention in this text. It's the call to follow Christ. Come, follow me, Jesus said. I'll make you fishers at men. At once they left their nets and they followed him. When you go forward in Christ, you always, always have to leave something behind. If you're going to advance in Christ, grow in Christ, mature in Christ, you have to leave some things behind. I want you to see what he left behind. In verse 27, here's Peter. Jesus is talking about what it takes to follow him. And here's what Peter says, in the 19th chapter, I'm using the message translation, then Peter chimed in, we have left everything and followed you. What do we get out of it? We have left everything to follow you. That was absolutely amazing. Everything. When God calls you to follow him, He's calling you to put him first. Put him absolutely first. Here Peter is, a business that he established in Galilee, a business that he had established and he was doing well, and suddenly now he has to leave it all behind. Sometimes the things that God asks us to leave behind are good for us to leave behind. It's always good. But sometimes it's really obvious, like, Sometimes there are generational sins. You know, maybe there was um, alcoholism in a family. Maybe there was abuse in a family. Maybe there was just things that were passed down from one generation to another and another. And Jesus says, okay, follow me. And so you leave all those things behind. Sometimes they're not simply bad things in and of themselves, but they're things that will hinder you in your relationship with God. And Jesus simply says, follow me. And you wind up having to leave those things behind. See, Jesus wants always the first place of priority in our lives. You have to be able to say, sometimes to your family, sometimes to your spouse, to your children, to your parents, no. No. Because I've got to please God first. Jesus said that. Matthew chapter 10, 
Verses 37 to 39 in the New Living Translation, it says this. If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. If you give up your life for me, you will find it. All through church history, men and women have had to make the decision to leave things behind. Now, Peter had a wife. He had a family. In fact, when I went to Israel, we visited what they say was Peter's house. It was pretty nice. Well, he had to leave it behind. Now, his wife was with him and part of his ministry. But there are times that we have to say, God, you are absolutely first in everything. So it's his command, his voice, his will that takes precedence. See, he doesn't want anything competing with him. He doesn't want anything running a close second to him. Paul the Apostle, looking at his life, said it this way. Yes, Everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything, counting it all garbage, so that I could gain Christ. What is God asking you to leave? What is he asking you to put behind? Is it maybe um, some distraction? Something that keeps you from going deeper in and further in your relationship to the Lord. Whatever it may be, when you hear his voice, a maturing faith says yes. And the longer you know God, the more you walk with God, do you know the more he asks of you? It started that way in Peter's life. Peter started off and he was following Jesus. But one day Jesus saw him and he was in his business and Jesus said, come and follow me. And he knew what that meant. He left his trade completely behind. Now it's not always that we geographically or physically leave it, but it's not going to have our hearts He, he alone has our hearts and our affections. But it's not just negative. It's not just leaving something behind. It's embracing something. It's going forward. Now, Peter talks about that embracing in his first epistle, in 1 Peter, in chapter 13. We are to prepare for something else. We leave something and we embrace something else. It says in verse 13, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Get ready for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. What he's saying is, Peter himself learned, and all of us have to learn, that our focus must be on the day that we stand before God. It must be that we think about when we have to stand and give account of our lives. Uh, We don't evaluate our lives simply by the world's standards. We evaluate our lives by what Jesus requires of us. And here, Peter says, 
focus on that day when the grace of God is going to be given to you. You said, oh, Lord, I, I've stayed in this trial and, I, and I've been faithful in that trial and God's going to bless you. God, I, I've served you and I've sacrificed for you. God's going to bless you. This morning you gave in the offering. You're putting treasure up in heaven. And so we look for that day when we stand before the Lord. And see, this is what's governing Peter's life. Jesus says, Peter, come and follow me. And Peter comes and follow him. And his life now is being changed. To follow Christ means you're going to leave some things behind. And you're going to embrace a day when you stand before God. Now, now life... It's not just one decision you make. You continually make that decision. Life is a journey. It's a a long process. And again and again and again, God calls us to place ourselves on the altar. God calls us to commit ourselves. God calls us to yield ourselves to him. And when we do that, there is an onward deepening faith, a maturing of our faith. In 1 Peter 1.4, the New Living Translation reads, And we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. Those boats that Peter used to take out to fish on, and those nets and that house, well, it's decayed. Everything we see in this world decays. But what we place up there and what we invest in heaven is absolutely eternal forever and ever and ever and ever. You don't have to paint that mansion in heaven. (laughs) One coat will do it. (laughs) It'll last for eternity. See, it's forever. And so what Peter is saying that don't place your values in this present world because this present world is passing away. Peter caught the call and he's processing the call. His faith was maturing. I like what C.S. Lewis said. If you read history, you'll find that the Christians who did most for the present were just those who did most for the next. There used to be a saying, and, and, and I think Christians were guilty of it at times, but don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. But the pendulum has swung to the other side. The church has become so earthly minded that we're no eternal good. It's all about today. No, today is important, but we must not forget eternity. And this is what God calls us to. This is what God was calling to Peter. Could you imagine if Peter simply said, wait a minute, I have a nice fishing business. I'm not ready yet. I'm not going to respond to that call yet. Wow. We would have never had first and second Peter. We would have never had the story of a life changed. You could have gotten the greatest archaeologist and the greatest historian together, and they could have searched the historical records, and they wouldn't even have found a mention of Peter. But his relationship to Christ and his obedience to the call of Christ meant that his contribution to life would go on throughout all eternity. And 2,000 years later, His response by the Sea of Galilee that Jesus is being talked about. When Jesus calls us to follow him, he takes up the responsibility to transform us. That's a work. That's a work for sure. But he takes that responsibility to change us, to make us, to mold us. 
And in verse 17, it says, Come follow me, Jesus said, I will make you. Jesus is working in Peter's life all through Peter's life. That commitment that he makes is an ongoing, growing commitment. Now, as soon as you come to Christ, the very first day, you kneel at the altar, you pray in your room or wherever you're at, and you, and you pray the sinner's prayer, and you're opening your heart to Jesus. That very first day, something happens, a miracle happens. Paul talks about it in Corinthians. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. The old is gone. The new is come. There's an immediate transformation that begins. But that transformation is ongoing. Peter needed a lot of changing. He did. I mean, he wasn't ready to lead that apostolic man. He wasn't ready when he received the call to write first and second Peter. But God was going to work consistently faithfully in his life all through the years. How does God often do that? You know what he does? He sends you what you don't like. No, he does. He does. You don't like it, but it's for your good. You know, it's, it's, it's the medicine you need. He sends you a trial. Lord, I don't need any more trials. I've had enough. Give them to the deacons or to the pastoral staff. I don't need any. Well, he's still working on you. He's still working on me. And to the day we leave, we're going to have trials. But what happens in the trials? In the trial, a self-revelation. Have you ever worked with some people and they just don't have certain skills? And they think they do? I mean, you're working with someone and, 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 you know, and they want to aspire to do this and they want to aspire to do that. And it's just not their gift. But they can't see it. They're just sort of blind. Well, we all have blinders. We're blind to our exceeding sinful heart. We're blind to so many of our flaws and weaknesses. Peter was. Look at the trials that God brings into Peter's life. Now, here's Peter one day, and he sees Jesus perform a miracle. There's a wonderful catch of fish, and he's a fisherman, and he knows it's a miracle because that shouldn't have happened the way it did. And in Luke 5.8, you see Peter's response. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. I was at the beginning. Remember when you prayed at the altar or you prayed in your home and you accepted Christ and you said, oh, Lord, I am a sinful man. I'm a sinful woman. Well, you really didn't understand the depth of those words. None of us knows how sinful we really are. The heart is deceitful above all things. And trials and tribulations and troubles Bring out that self-revelation so that we can go to God and say, Oh God, here I am. And that's what happened in Peter's life. Peter is self-confident. Now he thinks he's better than others. Yeah. He says, All these guys betray you? Not me, Lord. What happened? He fled in the garden in the moment of crisis when they came to take Jesus. 
Uh, Peter, he boasts. Lord, you could depend on me. Jesus says, wait with me one hour in the garden in prayer. And he's fast asleep. Jesus is alone in prayer. Again and again, God is showing Peter how sinful a man he was. Peter was impulsive. I mean, he, he was just that way. He, his foot was in his mouth more than it was on the road. I mean, he would say things before his mind ever went in gear. But yet, God loved him. And God was going to refine him. This self-confidence in Peter had to be broken. This pride in Peter had to be broken. And he's going to see how sinful a man he is. He is extreme with Jesus. Jesus wants to wash the disciples' feet. You know that story in the Gospel of John, especially I think in the 13th chapter where he's washing the disciples' feet. I have, when I went to Israel, I got one of the, um, uh, they had made a model and they had carved it out in wood, olive wood, of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Well, Peter, when Jesus began to do that, said, not me, Lord. You're not going to wash my feet. And Jesus said, well, you have no part with me if I don't do that. And he said, oh, Lord, my hands, my head, my feet, everything. He was, so, he was so impulsive, and he was inconsistent. And he, he had this revelation of where the Gentiles and the Jews would, should be together in fellowship. And then when some people came from Jerusalem to Antioch, his courage melted. And he didn't want to fellowship with them. And that was even in his older years. None of us, none of us, not one of us, knows the depth of sin in our own hearts. We're depending on God every step of the way. That's why Jesus taught us to pray, deliver us from evil, lead us not into temptation. There Peter is. And God's going to reveal Peter to Peter. There was one statement in the application Bible, it was powerful, it said this, it is better to be a follower who fails than fail to be a follower. The one thing about Peter, he responded to the grace of God. He get up again, he got up again, he kept on serving, kept on going forward with the Lord. Now, God didn't leave Peter the same. Self-revelation, when you apply grace to it, brings transformation. Self-revelation when you receive the grace of God, will bring transformation in your life. Now, let me give you an example. One day they're talking about forgiveness. And Peter comes to Jesus, and the rabbi said, listen, you ought to forgive so many times, Peter is going to exceed that. He says, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Peter was being very generous. Not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Put away the multiplication table. What it is, it's saying that you got to keep on forgiving. Building in faith. We're so glad you joined us today for another edition of Building in Faith as Dr. Edward Jones teaches through the book of 1 Peter. We hope that this message series will open your eyes to the truth of how Jesus can impact your everyday life through the highs and lows, 
the triumphs and the trials. If you have yet to discover just how wonderful this life with Jesus can be, we'd love to tell you more. A relationship with Jesus is the greatest relationship you will ever have. Please feel free to get in contact with us by calling 845-462-5955. If you'd like to learn more about the Building in Faith radio ministry or to hear more messages from Pastor Ed, visit our website at buildinginfaithradio.com. There, you'll also find more information about Pastor Ed and the other staff members of Faith Assembly. Our church has weekly services on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and again on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. And we'd be honored to have you join us if you're in the Poughkeepsie area. Each service is spent fellowshipping with other believers, learning more about our Savior, and praising Him for all He has done for us. Location information can be found at our website, buildinginfaithradio.com. We hope today's message has blessed you and that no matter what is happening in your life right now, you're turning to Jesus for the love and guidance you need. Please join us next time on Building in Faith Radio as Pastor Ed continues teaching through the book of 1 Peter. Your word restores and heals, transforms, rebuilds, and it makes a way that we can be building in faith. Everybody wins when a leader gets better. Absolutely everyone. The stakes of leadership are sky high. Everyone has influence. Come to the Global Leadership Summit on August 10th and 11th and learn skills to help you lead transformation in your community. The summit features leaders like Bill Hybels, Sheryl Sandberg, Andy Stanley, and more. Experience the summit at Faith Assembly Casper Kill Campus, Poughkeepsie, August 10th and 11th. Register at willowcreek.com summit and use the priority code radio, willowcreek.com summit.